Welcome to Bear Football here on the Barroom Network. John Buffon alongside Aldo Gandia will be joined by some more people later on. But, hey, they made it fun. The Bears fall to the Vikings 29-22 to fall to 2-3 and three on the season. Uh, second half, pretty much a roller coaster. The Bears came out. Aldo, you said the Bears were going to come back and they were going to win this game. They almost made a genius out of you. We almost went to Vegas right after this, but uh, they ultimately fall on uh, Amir Smith-Marquette fumbling at the end. Wish you have better situational awareness just to get out of bounds and not trying to turn it upfield and the fumble there, which is really unfortunate. But uh, we did see some promising things out of uh, out of Justin Fields. Out of you know the defense came back and played better. Akindo Vildor comes up with a big interception. Saw some interesting things like a, an onside kick call, which was interesting. Uh, I thought that that was that was um, that was kind of a ballsy call. So they didn't get blown out. They didn't get embarrassed. They had a better showing in the second half. Uh, but Danny, you just Jenny Shimon just joins us here. Um, better performance in the second half. They just come up short. What'd you see? Yeah, like all those calls that I halftime really. I, mean, I, I thought we were, like I said, we were going to Vegas. I had my bags packed. I was, I was, you know, washing, washing some clean underwears, ready to go. You know, it was, uh, it's, it's, it's like, dude, we're, we're all those guys, we're gonna make some money. But yeah, I mean, all the calls that he said, they're a second half team, and and the Bears have, uh, you know, over the first five weeks, have proven that they come out, they might come out flat, they might come out look like they're overmatched, might get blown up, but they do bounce back in that in that second half. Uh, the 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 um. The onside kick really kind of bothered me. Now that now they did end up going and and, and blocking the the kick attempt, so that you know they got no points. But that was really something like you had the momentum there. That was a questionable coaching decision, in my opinion. But yeah, I mean, I, I think they had it there, and, and you know, there was another were, call too, the one that you tweeted out that third down run, Dan. Yeah, yeah, third and four, and, and they go conservative. They play for a fifty-three yard field goal from off from Santos. He makes a kick, obviously, but it's like third and four. You had the momentum here. The, the yeah. Vikings are on their heels defensively. Like, like let's go, let's go for the juggler here. You're a young team, right? Even if you lose, it's a it's a character building opportunity there where you can go for them and, and kind of build some confidence in your, in your team there. So I, I think that was another play where I kind of questioned the coaching decision. And again, you have a defensive minded coach. We all know by nature those guys are just conservative, and and uh, and that's where he he went there. You know, a couple of decisions there kind of you know ruined it for me or in terms of the the comeback. But man. You know, Smith gets out of bounds. You know, you still have a chance there to come back and, and tie the game. And I, and I think Fields, I don't know about you guys think, but I think Fields look comfortable today. Again, the Vikings secondary is, is one of the worst, one of the worst in football. Uh, but, I mean, I mean, he was at the pocket. I had my eyes strictly on Braxton Jones today because I was really concerned about Darius Smith and Daniel Hunter on the, uh, uh, on the outside. And I, I think, I know Hunter got a sack. Uh, I, I think Jones got a, uh, there is uh, Smith got a, um, a strip fumble, but I, I think it wasn't against Braxton Jones. I think Braxton Jones t- did a hell of a job today protecting uh, the blind side for, um, for Justin Fields. So there are some positives in the game, but obviously, you know, you, you would want to come out of here uh, with a victory. Uh, and unfortunately, I just, just can't believe it short. Hey, I'm not into participation trophies. I'm really not, but I I am so proud of the effort of this team. I'm proud of the fact that we've got a ragtag bunch of players. I mean, this receiver core is awful. It is so awful. I mean, the only reason that pass was thrown to Smith Marset, whatever his name is, is because Dante Pettis is awful. He's awful. And Equinemius St. Brown, he's a great blocker, but he's not doing anything when he does catch the ball. And and for some reason, the connection that I expected between Fields and St. Brown is non-existent. But I just love the way this team came out. They made the adjustments. They fought hard. And Danny said it. The progress that I saw in Justin Fields today, I think everyone who has been saying negative things about Justin Fields, they need to go back and see the last two quarters and and, and the end of that second quarter to see what this quarterback can become. This is exactly what Danny Shimon has been preaching about what he saw this quarterback do at Ohio State. He had clean pockets to work with. He had everything and he took advantage of those clean pockets it was really a brilliant showing i hope i know everyone is disappointed i i'm reading the the the, uh, comments in the chat but i really do think that you're going to sit back and say man maybe that loss in vikings that was a turning point at least 
for the quarterback because we've said it all year long. Uh, uh, Danny has been preaching it since the day we drafted uh, Justin Fields is that this season is about Fields' development. Forget everything else. Forget the one-loss record. We don't have the players to really make a competitive push towards the playoffs. It would be nice. It would be a miracle. It would answer Dan Aguirre's prayers, and he's an atheist. <laughs> but it's just not going to happen with this motley group of offensive linemen and wide receiver skill positions, and we still need position uh, position players on defense. The key here is Justin Fields. And what I saw today gave me chills, and I feel so reinvigorated by this team, particularly Justin Fields. And what he did today, Aldo, uh, real quick here, is, is what he, I noticed today he was doing a, a lot more than what he's on previous weeks. He was taking the check down. He was taking the check down throw. He wasn't trying to buy more time in the pocket, holding on to the football real quick. He saw one, two read, nothing there. Throw to a check down. And a lot of times those turn to first down conversions, right? We saw the one on, on the um on the last drive here at Montgomery. It was, I think, a second and 19. And, and he just threw a little, you know, dump after Montgomery, check down, got a first down. We saw a couple of conversions to Cole Komet. We saw a couple of throws in the flat, you know, to, to the running backs, uh, you know, or the tight ends. You know, he was taking the check down, taking what the defense gave him. And again, you might not get it all back in one chunk, but if you get a four, five, six, seven yard gain, that makes your next play, your next down, much less, you know, in terms of what you need to get for first down. So I think that was something that I, I liked today. And like you mentioned, a good, good, strong pocket for most part, right? Um, and, and then I think he was more comfortable back there. And and he he made things happen with some of the receivers he had out there. Now, did he miss some throws? I'm going to look at the all-22s. I'm sure I'll, I'll see a couple throws there where he could have had opportunity to get rid of the football. But yeah, but again, it's steps, right? It's steps at getting better and better and better. And that's what you got to look at Justin Fields this year is, is he getting better? Is the offense getting better? Is it getting better? You know, they put up 22 points against the Vikings. They were competitive. And if that wasn't for a turnover, who knows? They might come back down and score, tie the game, or maybe even go for a two-point conversion and, and go for the outright win. Who knows? But it's something that, that we kind of, it's a little glimmer of hope. It's not all, all you know, balloons and roses and sunshine, but I'm just saying it's like <laughs> things that we got to take a look and see. Is the offense getting better? Is Fields getting better? And like Aldo said, it's all about Justin Fields for me. Is he going to be, you know, taking those steps each and every week? Yeah, and I said after the Giants game last week that I was demoralized after that game because nothing seemed to get any better out of that game. They, they didn't show us any signs that anything progressed. And going into this week, I said, I just want to see something get better. I just want to see something look better than it did last week. I just need to see some sort of progress. I know that's not exactly a high benchmark, but after last week, I just needed to see something take a step forward, with, which in a rebuild year is what you're really asking for. Are you getting better from week to week? We know this isn't a Super Bowl team. This is not a playoff team, but are you getting better as the weeks progress with this young roster, with this young quarterback, with this young coaching staff? And I think today we did. Justin Fields goes 15 to 21 for 208 yards and a touchdown. Uh, he runs for 47 yards, had a huge uh, touchdown run called back, which was an electrifying run that you wish uh, that was, you know, you know, held up, but it didn't. Uh, and then th this team is, you know, you take a couple of those, plays that they that you they, they just miss on it could be all the difference the 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 shoulder throw to Mooney in the first half they connect with that that's a touchdown it's just little things that they can you know hopefully start to clean up and hopefully start to get better at and I never thought that I'd be so anxious to get Nikhil Harry on the field but I, I kind of am because I, I need I need I need somebody other than uh Dante Pettis and uh ISM in there talking about uh, or going in and trying to catch pivotal passes at the end of the game like these are this is who you're going to when the game is on the line, and so that's I'm hoping that uh you know get you maybe get Bayless Jones more uh, integrated into the game plan now that he's fully healthy. Uh, get Nikhil Harry back on there, see what he can do in this system. But I saw progress today, uh, and I didn't feel that way in that halftime because they looked pretty bad at halftime. Uh, although you kept my spirits high on that, but the, I, I wish they, they I wish they weren't just a second half team. I wish that they would be able to you know get off the bus and ready and be ready to go uh, and not spot your division rival, basically three touchdowns in the first half. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, so I, I wish that they could play better than they, than just this uh, third and fourth quarter, but we did see some growth. We did see something to build on. We did see flashes of what they hope that they're going to be building in Chicago. And most importantly, we saw the quarterback play better today. And that's I, for me. And I think for most fans and probably the bears organization, that's, the most important part is your franchise quarterback or your hopeful franchise quarterback 
taking steps in the right direction whenever his supporting cast is not all that great. And right. so once you get him a supporting cast like they did with uh, Tua in Miami with uh, Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill, if they're able to surround Justin Fields with some dynamite weapons coming in next year, who, who's that going to be? I don't know. But if they're able to do that, then all of a sudden, if he can make it work with these guys, guess what he can make it work with whenever he actually has some playmakers around him. So right. let's not get ahead of ourselves, but there was certainly, certainly uh, some growth in this game uh, against the Vikings. Like, uh, like, like Danny said, you know, you like to come out with a victory. You like to come out with a win. And like Aldo said, not big on moral victories either. I'm not big on, you know, participation trophies. But it's better It's better than what we saw last week. And that's and that's what we're asking. And that's all we can ask for. David Montgomery, it's hard to tell that he was even hurt uh, today. He, he ran out. very, very hard. And the, and they did they did spread it around. Like, like you said, Danny, uh, Montgomery had four catches. Mooney had two. Cole Komet had four. Uh, St. Brown had two. Uh, obviously, uh, Smith Marquette had one catch, uh, Bayless Jones with one catch for a touchdown, uh, Ryan Griffin with a catch. And then, you know, Dante Pettis was, you know, he, he also traveled with drops. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, he also had a Bears jersey on today. But the one so, thing that Fields showed today, guys, and, and, and this is what I've been harping on is, is his legs can be a weapon that, that teams can be, it'd be gut punches for a defense. That fourth and four they, that they won on, it was a fourth and four, fourth and two. You know, he he took it he took it off and got that first down with his legs. You know, this is the the type of dimension, the added dimension that he brings with his athletic ability. And I, again, I don't want to harp on you know uh, Smith, the the number seventeen kid, but he it was his block that was that caused the 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 big run for touchdown from Fields to be called back as well. So that you know he had a pretty bad game today, especially you know he's a guy that from Minnesota that that cut him uh, in the training camp. Bears picked him up off waivers, and, and you know he just had a really bad week today, but. Uh, you know, it's, it's just it's those positive things that I want to see. Now, you know, th- th- there are things that I do want to see improve. You know, the guard play to me was was, was bad today. I mean, I mean, L- Lucas Patrick at guard is just horrible. I'm sorry. I hope he's a better center than he is guard. I know that's his more natural position. Uh, and, and I don't know what's going to it's going to take. Maybe they, they need a viable option at, at guard for them to feel comfortable to go ahead and put, you know, Mustafa on the bench. But I think the sooner you put Patrick at center, let's see what happens. You know, go ahead. I think Tevin Jenkins had some solid run blocks today, but his pass blocking at times was a little bit, a little shaky, if you will, but not a, not overall a horrible game for, by Tevin Jenkins. Uh, so I, I think the offensive line is getting better. I mentioned earlier Braxton Jones. I, I did like the way the kid played today. Not perfect by any means, but again, getting better. A fifth round pick that could be a starting left tackle. That's going to be a huge hit for Ryan Poles going into the offseason if that kid is that, you know, starter there at left tackle. So, you know, there are some positives, you know, uh, obviously that, you know, some negatives as well. You know, Getsy, again, I saw him lined up Ryan Griffin, a tight end versus uh, Danielle Hunter. You know, that, that stuff we saw under Nagy last year. You know, do we not? We don't need that. We don't, we've seen that. Ryan Griffin is not a blocking tight end that you can sit there and just say, all right, block one of the premier pass rushers in football one-on-one. So there's things with Getsy that I, I want to see improve. I want to see him. Did you guys notice how Kevin O'Connell was, was scheming to get Justin Jefferson open? Now, again, Jefferson's a hell of an athlete, hell of a talented receiver. But the scheme, they'll be able to motion him, shift him, get him in favorable matchups. Why can't Getsy do that to a Darnell Mooney? I'm not saying Mooney and Jefferson are on the same level of receivers. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying get Mooney, who is, who is by far your best receiver, your most talented receiver, Get him in, in favorable matchups. Motion him. Get the ball in his hands in, in situations where he's in the open field. You know, try and get the ball into his, you know, his their playmaker's hands. Same thing with, with Bayless Jones. I'm just thinking with Bayless Jones, he might be a little bit held back with, with the injury. But once he gets caught up with the offense, get the ball in his hands in the open field. Let's see what happens. You know, uh, we, we know this this receiving core is, is trash. And like you said, uh, John, I I'm, I can't wait to see, you know, uh, Harry come back as well. Because I'm like, what he does is he won't give you separation. But it gives you a guy, if he's got one-on-one coverage, just throw a ball up to him. Throw it up to him. Let Steve go up and make a play on a contested catch. You know, let's see what, what he can do there. So that's where he can help you offensively. So uh, I think we saw a couple of catches to Cole Komet today. Uh, again, he's pretty tough in terms of after the catch uh, and bringing him down. So I think that's a positive too as well. So and, and you touched on earlier with, with uh, Montgomery. His com- coming back this soon from that, what looked like a, to me, like a season, possibly season-ending injury, uh, coming back this soon and, and and you know being you know getting a touchdown today was you know was was, was a positive sign as well. So, but Luke Getzey, I want to see you get creative here. I know you're not playing with with a full deck. I know you got you got some some spare parts on offense, but mm-hmm. hey, you got Darnell Mooney, you got some playmakers here. Let's get you. Let's get a little more creative. I don't know, I just don't know if it's the offensive line or their lack of ability to be able to protect Justin Fields is what has him kind of holding back. Hopefully, once they 
get, get the right combination out there, or like they like to say, the best five on the field, we'll see a little bit more creativity in the offensive play calling. Yeah. Now, going back to the offensive line, and I would like to get both of your insights on this. Would you, what would be the ideal situation right now as far as the lineup on the offensive line? It's hard because you, there's just like you're going to have deficiencies no matter what combination you go with. But what would be the most uh, formidable or at least make the most sense at this point? Because Fields did have a little bit of time to, to he, there were some clean pockets today to throw out of, but. You look at Sam Mustafer, and I just think that he's an absolute liability at center right now. I just think I feel like, and it's not like like you said, Danny. It's not like Lucas Patrick is lighting the world on fire at guard so much so that you can't afford to move him to center. Uh, right. So, what is uh, Danny? I'll start with you, and then Aldo, you jump in right after this. Your your ideal lineup, or I don't want to say ideal because nothing's ideal, but if you had to put the line together as it is right now, where, right. where what are you shuffling to? Well, it's hard to say make changes after what I just came on air and said, you know, it was a solid, you know, in terms of pass blocking uh, unit today in terms of the game overall. But but for me, at least if, if I was in there and again, I'm not there week, week to week, I don't day to day to see these players, how they're dealing with injuries, what's going on. But for me, I, I think the at least Larry Borman, right tackle, I, it's a little bit disappointing for me for him, but I'm not going to bench him. I'm going to move him over a left guard. I'm going to put Riley Reef, the veteran over a right tackle. Uh, just as a, as a temporary stopgap, and I'll I'll get Mustafa out of there and put Lucas Patrick at over at, at center. I'm keeping Tevin Jenkins at right guard. I think this is a kid that could that was a, that was a position that both Neil and I thought he was going to eventually be his best at is right guard, and that that's where I think you leave him there, let him grow, see what happens towards the end of the season. You know, he could be a, a you know he's pretty he's pretty good in terms of his combo blocks in terms of Tevin Jenkins. When you watch him get out on the run, he'll, he'll chip a guy at the line of scrimmage and then get out to a second level. And he'll look to finish his guys, those second level linebackers, which I love seeing in him. So I love that attitude in him. Let, let's get him better in pass pro put Riley reef at right tackle. Um, and then I'd move Borm over left guard and see if we can just kind of maintain a solid, you know, core there for five, you know, for five starting off linemen for, for a handful of games and give, well, you know, feels that that ability to be comfortable in the pocket. Once he's comfortable in the pocket, I'm I'm certain this kid's gonna start going through his progressions, and we're gonna see more offensive plays, you know, open uh, receivers on field and more big plays on the offense. The worst thing that the Bears can do now is make the offensive line worse, and that is the danger of making changes to this offensive line. The Bears tape every practice they know what Dieter Iceland looks like they know what your your Tyree Carter looks like they don't have the confidence to put those guys in now I I you think that if those guys were burning up you know on the scout team and and playing great in practice they would they they would neglect you know it's it's like not not like Sam Mustafer has pictures of Matt Eberflus and, and Virginia, not better not say that, <laughs> better not say that, but you know, that, you know, what I'm trying to say is, is I believe they really are trying to put the best five out there. And unfortunately the best five are just not good enough, at least, you know, uh, uh, for us right now. And so you've got to develop these guys. And I, I, I do think that, Patrick at center is is the one change that you have to make. I think that the problem is is then that is going to create this opening at the guard position, right. and they are afraid that whoever the replacement is is just going to make things even worse than they are with Mustafer at center. That is all I can say in terms of trying to figure out the logic that these coordinators have, and the, I trust these guys. I trust Matt Eberflus and Luke Getze. They haven't really given me a good reason to not trust them. I I listen to their press conferences. I get what they're talking about. They seem to make they they seem to be speaking sincerely about things. And so I'm going to always give them the benefit of the doubt until I see breakdowns like some of the breakdowns we saw today like Danny mentioned the very first play, you know, the fullback is not out there. That's a coaching error. You know, there should be a coach on the on the sideline making sure the right personnel is getting out there. There's there's a little breakdowns but this staff you know these, these guys just all met a few months ago and so they're they're getting together too and i know what people are going to say well that's what we said about the Matt nagy staff and so forth and i get that but we gotta i i've never in my lifetime it's hard for me to compare 
this coaching staff with another coaching staff and say that was a much better coaching staff than this game. It's five games. It's yeah. five games. You can't do exactly. that. Exactly. Love I just think is, 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 Smith has some uh, uh, great coaching staffs, but I still believe that what we have here in Chicago could be an even better coaching staff than the Lovies. Please go ahead. No, my thing is, is, is the interior guys, the guards are getting, and, and, and Mustafa as well, are getting beat so badly on, on, on run plays, on rundowns that, that it just, it's, you got to think there's got to be someone better on, on, and, but I, I, I get your point, Aldo, where, you know, these guys see them every day. Like, you know, every, like I said earlier, when I, when I, when I, when I, when John asked me the question, I kind of put in my, my changes. I said, I don't see these guys every day. I don't know if they're dealing with the injuries. I don't know if they're, you know, there's some are, are just having a hard time grasping the concept, right? We're asking Borum in my, in my scenario, I'm asking Borum to move from right tackle to, to left guard. You know, that might be something that he might not be able to do. I, you know, that's something that you know, we'll, we'll have to see, but you know, like you just, you can't see Lucas Patrick getting beaten all the time at guard or, or Mustafer getting, getting, you know, swim move, you know, at, at, at center. And then also Tevin Jennings, not even touching a guy, uh, you know, that, that's more of a coaching aspect there. I'm not saying bench seven Jenkins, but I'm saying like, this has got to be something that's got to be short up, right? Whether it's bring multiple combinations, whether it's just, you know, for me, Lucas Patrick, a guard is not going to work. You know, let, let's hopefully he's better at center. Now that question is, you know, the white hair injury really throws a monkey wrench into this, right? Because white hair kind of had solidified that left guard position. So now we're going to talk about moving guys here and there, whatever, you know, if they don't feel comfortable putting a, a, a Jatir Carter, who's a rookie, I understand Michael Schofield didn't show well at right guard during the preseason. So I, I understand why they don't want him there in the left guard, you know, so, so if this is their best combination until white hair comes back. Yeah, unfortunately it is what it is. Right. But I just, I just, I just can't look at that and say, this quality of play is, is what you're going to have to sit there and watch every, you know, week in and week out. I just, if as a fan, Technical difficulties. This close to tipping that that ball that went to Adam Thielen on sidelines. I thought for a second that that was a possible pick six there, um, and and him being able to maybe take that to the house. So I, I think you know Gordon kind of rebounded. I like that. Again, he's a rookie. He's going to take his lumps and so forth for the first five weeks. He's taking his lumps, uh, but but I did like to see. I did like seeing him bounce back and and like I said, play a solid second half there. Um, interior. You know, we had some pressure, but not enough. And I think that's one of the biggest needs that a lot of people don't talk about is is the the need for a a ass kicking, uh, you know, a havoc wrecking the interior defensive lineman. And and Justin Jones is a nice complimentary player. You know, I I like Armand Watts what he's brought to the table so far, but not enough big plays. And I think that's what we need. Once you start collapsing the pocket from the inside, now you're going to see guys like Quinn and Muhammad and Gibson. And, and even Robinson from the outside make a bigger presence. So uh, a nice tip of hat there, there to uh, Kendall Vildor. One of our chat guys just mentioned it up right there. Is, yes, Kendall Vildor had a, had a solid game, uh, had that nice interception where he did a good job of kind of laying in the weeds, pretended like he was going to go after the, the fullback that was in the flat. That was an easy number, the first read for uh, for Cousins, and kind of laid there and played the eyes of, of the quarterback, and then be able to jump that route where Cousins got a little greedy Instead of taking the easy throw to, to Ham in the flat, he tried to go to Thielen, going in that second level uh, in terms of receiver, and build a nice job of cutting in front of it and making an interception. I thought that was going to be, uh, you know, the, the the potential game-winning play there. So, uh, but, you know, and then there was another play where he, he uh, had a, had his arm hands on a football, could have had an interception, but there was already – that was the one where Robert Quinn got off off sides and that was going to be a, a free play anyway. So, but I think Vilder is, is playing better and better. He's getting better. Um, you know, that, that's not the positive there. So I think once Jalen Johnson comes back, once we get, you know, Gordon kind of up to speed and his confidence back up in terms of covering, again, I think Gordon needs to be on the outside. Vilda needs to be on inside and on slot corner. Uh, once we get that situated and, but the big thing is, unfortunately we can't fix this year is the defensive, uh, mm-hmm. tackle position. We got to get some pressure up from there, from that front four. And, and that's going to be something that you look for in the off season, but they're, they're doing the best they can. In, in terms of what they have right now on the roster. So, but yeah, to just, I guess in a long winded roundabout way to answer your question, John was, I just thought that they got, they put a little bit better on, on run defense uh, up until that, that last drive by the Vikings. And I think uh, that the secondary came up and paint some, made some plays in the open field in terms of tackling. And then also build over with, with that interception.
and uh, we we identified the echo. It was all about Aldo, so he he ducked yeah. out. So, that's, so we're good to go now. I can actually hear myself talk instead of just spinning yarn in circles trying to get some kind of coherent sentence out. But uh, another uh, player that's been lighting up the chat room here is Roquan Smith, and I think Aldo tweeted this during the game is that uh, he's very hot and cold. And so uh, is this a guy who obviously had his issues uh, on as far as his contract goes in the offseason had to sit in the trade demand and ultimately came back and played uh and you know for for a few games looked like he was setting the world on fire but is this a guy that's playing himself into a 20 million dollar a year contract or is he going to end up hitting the free market or something that i think is more likely is the bears just franchise tagging him what do you what do you think of roquan smith five games in well, I think with with Roquan, I mean, obviously we have seen the great, you know, the, and we've seen the bad, right? I think the I think the bad was the, the Packers game. I think today, what well, what Roquan is, it's it's hard for a player like Roquan to make the impact when the when up front you're 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 getting gushed, you're getting pushed out of the way. Because a lot of the things what what happens with with the with the way Roquan plays or this the defense is designed is that front four once they occupy those blockers, they kind of move the offensive line and they give Roquan these these seams, they're able to just kind of shoot those gaps and get in there and make a play in the backfield. Well, when you're getting gushed, when you're when your defensive end is not able to to maintain that stout, you know, a run defense or, or maintain a hard edge on, on defense, and he's getting pushed in easily, that opens up that that right outside, and then then all, and all of a sudden, Roquan's just chasing behind, you know, the play and trying to trying to get a catch to the running back and, and make a you know, tackle there. So a lot of his tackles could be downfield, you know. So I, I think the, the the play up front is going to help Roquan a great deal once you improve that play. You know what we'll see a, a better overall p- consistency from Roquan Smith. You know, but but you know p- people just say you know what he had a bad game today because he didn't he didn't light up the statue like he did you know a couple of weeks ago. You know, to me it's it's he's he's a great player. He's a, he's a guy that I think has proven that to be a pretty damn good linebacker. Is he worth twenty million a year? That's something that I, I you know I I'll let the GM and and, and the owners and all of them decide that part. But uh, definitely a, a key ingredient to his offense definitely a player whose skill set you need in this defense so it's i, I think the the better the upfront play the front four plays the better roquan and the second uh, unit linebackers will shine so uh, is, is that worth uh, a guy who's who's reliant on a front four to be 20 million a year you, you know you can argue a lot of these you know guys that are in second and, and third level defense are they worth their money if the front four doesn't do their job so it's, it's, it's a team, it's a team defense, right? You can't just kind of point one guy out there. So for me, Roquan is, is a heck of a player. I'm not looking to get rid of him because I think we've talked about it before, John, you get rid of him. Now you're looking up for him to fill another yeah, spot yeah. with a player that can play that position. So I, I think he's, he's a good player. He didn't have a great game today, but again, the, I think defense up front didn't have a great game today. Yeah, and that's where the conundrum comes in for me because I, my my biggest thing is quit putting band-aids over the things that you screwed up and they didn't screw up the pick with Roquan Smith. He's a great player, so you would hope you'd hope that you can keep your homegrown players instead of having to chase all of the mistakes in which we've seen and I've rattled them off a thousand times. You messed up with Adam Shaheen, you got to go get Jimmy Graham and Cole Komet, the whole Leonard Floyd, go get Robert Quinn, the the Trubisky to Foles to Dalton to where we are with Fields now. It's always chasing your mistakes, but this right. isn't a mistake so you would hope to be able to keep him in house uh i think that ryan poles likes to play hardball which i like out of my gm where he's he takes a stance and he kind of hard lines it and so uh i think that they could potentially tag roquan smith um i, I don't necessarily see them trading him uh unless there's a big ransom that's put out for roquan smith but then whoever trades for him has to pay him what he wants as well probably so uh i think that this could be leaning towards uh a franchise tag or depending i mean who who knows what's going to happen in the offseason as far as you know negotiating that extension but uh i think that um Poles has has shown his philosophy on not over uh, not overspending, and so uh, let's go to Matt Eberflus, who's actually doing his post game interview right now. Uh, then we onside kick. You know, we thought we we had something there that uh, the alignment that we could take advantage of. Uh, it didn't work for us. Defense does a great job of stopping them there and uh, forcing the field goal and blocks it, which was uh, again momentum a changer there. And I think the offense scored on every drive in the second half except for the last one. And really, this is the message for. For the guys in there was just this hey in the nfl it's never going to be perfect and it's always going to come down to the end and we learned that the last two weeks and we have to make the plays to finish the game and seal the deal uh, and that's what it is it's about playmakers making plays it's about the coaches making putting the guys in position and we just have to finish 
and give ourselves a chance right there. And again, that would to me that would be the defense make, getting a stop on one of those third downs, you know, in that drive. You know, that there's a third and one, third and four, third and five, third and eight, third and one. We got to stop them there and kick, make them kick a field goal. And then obviously at the end, you know, we got a you know operation was really good by Justin. Justin had one of his best days of his career. And he was, you know, tw- uh, 15 or 21 for 208 at a long of 39, had a drop. One of the drops was a big, was a big one, had a passer rating of 118, you know, so that, that was good. And at the very, very end, I thought he was operating, you know, the two minute drive really nice. And uh, obviously we need to get out of bounds there. You know, we tell the players when they're on the numbers or wider to get out of bounds, you know, if you're inside the numbers, get north. And um, that's just a simple function of two minute mechanics. Uh, so we have to do that better. So with that, I'll open up to questions. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I give credit to them. You know, they obviously moved them around a lot, had a lot of motions, you know, kept them on the move. And uh, but we need to do a better job uh, with our, with our setup there for sure. And uh, we just got to do a better job. No, I mean, you know, so when you get them on the move there, it's hard to roll up to them sometimes. Uh, so I think that was mainly it. Um, but uh, you have to do a better job there when that does happen to do some different things, even when he is on the move. So we got we just got to do a better job. Yeah, I mean, it's just bring it to the guy's attention. Um, you know, uh, I've done that before where this has happened in my career, of course, over the long career. And, you know, you come out there and you make sure they're executing to start. You know, the start of practice, you know, we always talk about, hey, fourth quarter, we're built for the second half and all those things. But we have to make sure that in practice we're executing in the start of practice um, as well. So that's just something you got to set up and you got to put it on the guy's mind and make sure that they can, you know, it's simple, but it's also aggressive, the, the game plan to start and then go from there. Yeah. Yep. Just analytical decision. Yep. It was the green light on that. Well, it's something we practiced. You know, we practiced it all week. We knew, and it set up perfectly. You know, when you do something like that, you know, I always told I told the entire defense, I said, listen, we're going for this, okay? And there's a chance we don't get it. And But listen, I want you to respond to this if we don't get it. Sudden change, you respond to it. And uh, they all did. They respond. They rose up there, then they, and they ended up blocking the field goal. So to me, it was no, it was really a wash. Right there, we got him on, you know, got him on basically on downs right there before the block field goal. Yep. No, that was where we were. The numbers where we were uh, for this game and that part of the field was a fourth and four green light all the way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I talked to, listen, I, I got, I'm close with all these guys. I talked to every single one of them, talk about, about their performances, uh, how we can improve going forward. Um, if a guy had a really good game, what's his mindset going to be for the next game? And uh, that's part of, that's part of coaching. And uh, I'll certainly do that for sure. Yeah, it's, it's positive. It to me, it's positive. Um, but again, I said, I told the guys, of course we were going to do that because of the character of the men in the room. And, uh, you know, they know that, and they're a tough group. They're a tough group, and they're resilient, and uh, they're going to always fight. So we just got to, like I said, make the plays at the end to, for a different outcome. Yeah, I think anytime you get explosive plays on offense, that's a spark. You know, that's when you score touchdowns with explosive plays, and I think that was definitely a confidence builder for sure. Yeah, it was it was all based on the yards, you know, all based on the yards. We discussed that way before. That's usually given to him, uh, Luke on first down, sometimes right after the first down call, so he knows what, what a green light is and get, he can set himself up for that. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah, it was it was good. Anytime you, you you know, I think I said it before uh, the game. Anytime you have a one-two punch back like that, you know, you got him and Herbert, and it's really good to have those guys. 
Uh, and you can see what Nemo does in the passing game too. You know, he does a really good job of getting north on those checkdowns. And uh, he's more, he's a different style. He's an aggressive cutter, getting vertical. Uh, so I thought he did a nice job. Yeah. 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 They, they executed, you know, they did a nice job, give credit to them. But like I said, uh, we had the third downs, you know, we had a third and four, we had a third and eight. We got to win those downs. We got to win the down. You got to win your matchup either. If it's the front given, getting the pressure or the coverage breaking up the pass. So it's one of those two things. And, you know, we just got to do a good job there. Yeah. No, it was. That's a good point, and uh, we certainly recognize that. You know, it was it was cleaner. He had time to deliver. Um, he can see down the field without you know being in a rush, you know, and, and ride the pocket like we talked about last week. So that's that's definitely an encouraging thing to see. I think they had what he had two sacks. I think today uh, for 15 yards. But uh, but yeah, that's a, that's an encouragement to keep that thing clean. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's just that's not, that's not good ball. You know, we got to be on point there. That's just not not good. It was good. I think it was three eight. I want to say three eight average. So that's that's what we really look at. You know, because the team could run it for fifty yards for whatever. So it's uh, the three seven average, three eight average is is solid. It's solid. But to me, it was still you, you saw some of the runs in there that were going for ten and all that. That's a little bit too much for my liking. So. Uh, we'll get those things cleaned up, but three eights better for sure. Yeah, sorry, sorry to yeah, we just got to start faster. You know, keep what we're doing in the second half. We just got to start faster, and then your your next question is going to be how, right? We got to bring it to the men, the you know, attention of the coaches and the players, and we got to set it up for practice, and we just got to do better. In, in the beginning, you know, and uh, obviously we're that's the first touchdown they've scored the entire year in the second half on us. So, um, you know, we just got to keep doing that and get better in the, in the start. Yeah, I don't think it's that our guys are ready to go. You know, I, I don't see it as, as being flat. I, I see it as just being executing and, and, and setting us setting our guys up as coaches for the right for the right, right uh, success in the beginning. So we can we can do a better job. Two more. Yeah. Yeah, I think it changes every week. It depends on who you're playing. You know, it depends on the other quarterback. It depends on the situation in the game. You know, so we want to be aggressive. You know, we've I can't tell you how many times I've said green light go. It just hadn't happened. I mean, I've, I say it every time we get, you know, in, in the certain zones of the field. Um, and that's been that way. It just hadn't come up today. It did. So that's the way it goes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you got to be mindful of the guys, but you got to get the plan in. So, you know, the guys are coming in at one o'clock tomorrow and they're going to have a walkthrough, you know, so we'll have meetings, go over the plan. And you really can't talk much about this game. You can make your corrections, you know, handful of plays, but you got to go on to the next one. Um, and we'll get that later. Um, certainly we'll make the, the big ones, the corrections, but then you got to walk through practice. You know, the next day is, again, a longer day, and we have a walkthrough practice on the second day. And then the third day, we have a short helmets practice with speed, the game the day right before the game. So they'll have two days of rest, get a little speed practice in there, short, short practice, and then we'll go travel down to the stadium and then uh, have the light meetings and then wake up the next day, have a walkthrough, and then play the game. Thank so. you. That was head coach Matt Eberflus talking about the game, talking about the loss to the Vikings. Uh, so some of my initial takeaways was there's very subtle messaging about uh, Smith Marset fumbling that ball about right. how he clearly wanted him to get out of bounds yeah. and how it was, uh, you know, you got to have situational awareness kind of thing there. So that that's kind of what jumped out to me. Uh, also talking about the um, the progression of the offensive line and Justin Fields having a cleaner pocket. Uh, I think that overall, it kind of, I mean, it had a weird sense of almost like a, a victory kind of media uh, press conference there, but uh, some, some, you know, straight talk out of the, out of the head coach. What'd you see there, Danny? 
Yeah, for me, I, the one thing I, I do like about Matt, Matt Eberflus so far is that he's a straight shooter, right? He's not going to sit there and kind of BS you at, at the at the post game press conference. You know, he just that. said, you know, you, you got to get out, got to get out of bounds. You know, you, you got to, you can't just you know fumble the ball there. Uh, I like the fact that he said that you know they they and in terms of that early, that first you know possession where they got the uh, the, the delay of game. You know that they got to clean it up. That that's on them. That's on the coaching staff. That that's bad football. You know I agree. That was that was embarrassing. You know you're coming off. You know the 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 Vikings take that first drive score or the 12 play drive they score, and then you guys are not ready with your personnel for for that. You know the next you know first series and the next drive. So, um, and then you know there, there are things he needs to clean up. You know he, I think he he talked about he touched a little bit on that run defense. Uh, I mean, I, I, that's where I kind of have a little different with them. I, I, I think he was talking about the 3.8 average where they're, where the Vikings were averaging 3.8. It's kind of hard to hear him there, but yeah, um, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't, I don't like, I, I, I mean, he might like the number, you know, the average number, but I, I don't like the way they're getting gashed. And this is what, two, three weeks now we've seen runs to the outside where their defensive ends are just not playing stout run defense. They're not setting that hard edge. And that's where you got to hold your, hold your ground funnel everything back to the inside that's where guys like roquan and adams the linebackers can then just shoot those gaps and get any any running backs in the backfield that are trying to cut back or trying to you know f find a secondary hole so i think that's where it needs to be whether it's you know lineup changes whether it's you know bringing a little bit more run defense or, or, or just emphasizing them more that's something that that's got to be shored up that's like two three weeks now we've seen their their run defense especially to the outside you know, get, getting chewed up and giving up a lot of yards. So that's something that, that I think, you know, he knows and that they need to fix. But again, you know, we talked, he touched on also, we touched on in terms of the offensive line, Justin Fields had 118, I believe 0.8 rating today. And here's Justin right now. And made a contested catch, but after seeing the video of it, I mean, that was a great catch by him and, um, you know, great play, great protection, uh, great, great, great all around by the guys. It gave us a lot, um, you know, a big play like that before the end of the second half, you know, it, it set us up for that uh, touchdown. So it definitely gave us a lot of momentum. As a leader of the offense, you obviously struggled in the first half, but much more struggled in the second half. What do you tell your team in order to make it be more consistent, more to keep them around? Just keep going. I mean, that's all you can do. Just keep going, keep fighting, keep keep grinding. Like, that's it. So, yeah. Yeah, it's tough, but um, you know, I know Mir. I know he's uh, you know, uh, feeling down right now. So our job is to pick him up, and uh, you know, he's a great player. And I mean, me personally, I know what he can do on the field. You know, he's young, second year, so uh, he's he's just got to learn from that mistake and you know, keep going. But you know, he can be one uh, hell of a player in this league for sure. How do you feel about the way the Yeah, I mean, you know, I think it was going good. I think we had plenty of time, uh, so it was it was going good. I think we were moving efficiently. So, um, you know, who who knows what what would have happened? So, yeah. How do you process good plays being taken out, being negated like that? Good completion by you that gets negated with a fumble, the fifty-three yard touchdown run that gets negated with a penalty. You said, how do I feel about it? How do you, how do you process that? I mean, you just got to move on. Uh, you can't dwell on it. I mean, after the touchdown, I look, I'm looking up to the stands. I'm seeing all the Viking fans point back, this and that. So uh, I'm, I'm already knowing it's a flag. But I mean, in that setting, you just got to reset and you know, try to go score again. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, uh, efficiency in the passing game, I think we took a step forward for sure. Um, I felt like the protection was better today, um, for sure. I think, you know, we definitely handled their blitz better than last week. So um, I felt like we step, took a step forward in that. and. Um, just overall, I'm just just proud of the, you know everybody and the way they fought. You know, we were down 21-3. A lot of the same teams in this league would have, you know, just laid down and, you know, uh, stopped playing. But I'm just proud of our guys and the way they fought. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. And um, you know, just you know, just trying to stay calm, uh, not thinking about the last drive. Uh, just you know, taking it play by play. Yeah, I mean, we were talking about that all week. I was like, bro, go Cribbit. So, uh, you know, he, he did that. And, uh, of course, great physical run by him. And, you know, that's one thing he's good at is just, you know, getting the ball in his hands and, you know, making guys, you know, try to tackle him and stuff like that. So definitely proud of him. Was that the most comfortable you felt this year? I would say so. I mean, it's just like just trying to stay calm, I think. You know, I think when I first got here, 
you see big guys flying around, D linemen going fast. Like you just think you have to speed everything up. But um, I'm just starting to figure out like you just got to play within your own rhythm and the you know the way you know how to play and just stay in calm in the pocket. So yeah. 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 Um, 39. He was playing inside leverage. Uh, Mooney wanted to take it more at field, like we were more midfield. But in that situation, uh, we were closer to the end zone, so I was trying to put it more of a back shoulder, especially since the defender was uh, inside. So, um, of course, I didn't want to uh, leave it inside to where it would be a turnover. So, um, you know, just just missed that one, and you know, just got to be on the same page and in that sense. So, yeah, you're good. I, mean, I love it personally. Uh, I think it's, you know, uh, confidence in us. I think he believes in us to, you know, if it does get us, if we do get that onside kick, um, it gives us momentum and it shows you if we don't get it, you know, he trusts in the defense. So um, I think it gives us confidence. It's the two point play uh, confidence. It shows his confidence in us and, you know, his belief in, you know, our execution. So, yeah. Do I have a choice yeah. to say we're going for it? No, sir. That is not my job. No, sir. Not at all. That's not my job. So, um, uh, I think right there you got to take the lead and just you know trust in the defense. So, yeah. Uh, I don't. I'm not sure to be honest with you. Uh, you know that should never happen to be honest. I mean we go over the you know first ten plays as a walkthrough. So I don't. I think KB's on kickoff. So I don't know if he forgot. I don't know if you know it was a coach's thing. But you know I just broke the huddle, looked out there. He wasn't out there, but. Yeah, so that's definitely frustrating to see, for sure, first play. Yeah, um, so our cadence, you know, it's the leg kick. So I was trying to come up, and I think either can the play or change protection. So when I was walking up, he just got that leg kick mixed up with me walking up. So um, next time, I'm just going to put my hands down and make sure he sees him, sees him, and then, you know, just, just be more decisive with my body movement, you know, in a loud environment like this. That was Justin Fields at the podium. Uh, definitely talked about the better protection. I think that was one of the one of the things he really hammered there is he had a cleaner pocket and uh, obviously a pretty impressive recall of all those plays that people were bringing up to him. So it mm -hmm. uh, seems more comfortable. Uh, attitude was uh, a little more uh, positive at the at the podium after this game. Uh, Danny, what do you think? On to it. Yeah, I think he, I think it reflects us, right? The I think that rose up there. I think he reflects us because uh, you know we came on the air saying, hey, you know, we, you know, we wanted them to win, it's a loss, but we feel positive. And I think same thing with Justin. I think he also feels a little bit positive. Obviously, only only two sacks allowed today by the offensive line. Funny, I, this is like the le least sacks they've allowed, and you and I and all are talking about making changes to the offensive line. So of course, you know, <laughs> it's, it's hard to talk about that after this, this kind of a game, but. You know there there are still some some deficiencies on the offensive line. I think what with Justin what we saw is just just a guy that just now he mentioned it. I think he touched it. He goes, I, I, things were flying fast. I just felt like I had to speed things up because everything was going uh, fast around me. But now I'm just knowing I got to play within myself, play within my speed. And I think guys, that's just things of of a rookie quarterback or, or not. He's not a rookie. I know, but I, I'm treating him like a rookie because of this 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 new system. That's just a guy that that's getting more and more comfortable. And I think. That's what I'm looking for, and I, and I gotta I gotta be consistent. I've come into the season saying wins and losses be damned. It'd be great to make the playoffs and all that stuff, but I'm looking for Justin Fields and his progress. And then you know, if to, this was a loss today, but for me, it feels a little a little bit better because it's you know I, I think Fields got a little bit better. How that 118 rating, I think that that's the best that we've seen him so far in his young career. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Aldo. You might have the stats back there, but uh, you know, I, I just think I just, now I want to see this get better. Washington's coming in. Washington's got a you know pretty decent defense, not a great defense by, by any stretch of the means, but they got a ton of first round picks on that that, def that defensive line. So it's not going to be an easy game by any means, but it's a winnable game, right? It's another mm -hmm. game that they could they could possibly. I mean, last week we were talking about this game being possibly a blowout, and that after that first half, you know, or that first. Quarter and a half, we're thinking this game is going to be a blowout, but mm -hmm. they managed to get themselves back into the football game, you know, make some corrections at halftime defensively and all that stuff. So, again, this next mix going to be another winnable game. You're at, you're at home, and if you win that game, you're three and three. And again, you're feeling good about yourself going into a, a little bit of a mini buy. You got a little bit, you know, the, the extended, mm -hmm. you know, the weekend there as well. So, we'll see how it goes. But yeah, again, I just want to see, you know, continued progress. And, and the thing we touched on earlier is, was, 
and Keel Harry, you know, you know, he was, I think, uh, brought back off in terms of designated to return, started practicing. We just don't know how far along he is. But if he's a guy that comes back again, guys, just just, you know, listen to me here. I'm not saying Keel Harry is the end all be all, but he's a big body receiver. He's a guy that's it's got one on one matchup, whether it's in the in the red zone or if he's going for a deep, just a fly pattern, one on one coverage, just throw it up to him, throw it up to him and let him go up there and make a play on a football. Let's see what he can do. That's what he offers you. He's not going to give you a big time separation. He's not Justin Jefferson. He's not one of these, you know, big, you know, playmakers, but he can help you in the offense and, and give you those those chunk plays by just throwing a ball up to him, let him go up there and make a make a big play, just box out and be like a like a rebounder in, in basketball, go up and make a foot, you know, catching a football. So we'll see how that helps. But yeah, I mean, you know, and 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 I think Justin there kind of showed his leadership, stepping up for, you know, uh, Smith, uh, Marset Smith there and just telling mm-hmm. that he's going to be a good player and just, you know, keep it, we got to pick him up and all that stuff. And, you know, like I said, the, the two, the two big kind of glaring mistakes in this game was the, the block in the back that Smith had uh, on that big, long Justin Fields run. Um, and then the, uh, obviously the, the fumble there at the end of the fo- uh, football game that, that kind of sealed it for the Vikings. So I think, you know, more sign of a leadership there, him going to go up there and just kind of publicly saying, Hey, we're going to pick this guy up. He's going to be a great player. I, I know him and all that stuff. Obviously they competed against each other in the big 10. So, you know, that's just things you want to see from, from your quarterback leadership. And again, I noticed it right away as Johnny did too. He was just more comfortable and, you know, mm-hmm. feels as a competitor, you know, he hates losses. Right. Mm-hmm. But I think, I think he just saw something today where, all right something maybe might have clicked you know obviously the proof will be in the pudding as we as we keep moving on here in, in the upcoming games the upcoming weeks but maybe something clicked for him and now he feels a little bit more comfortable um again just show up that offensive line get him some more playmakers and i think we'll, we'll see this kid just kind of get better and better every week uh real quick before we start talking about next week um we before justin fields came up to the podium we were talking about the run defense and how matt eberflus was happy about that 3.8 that is some uh crafty message mapping there because uh, quite frankly dalvin cook had a 5.2 yards per carry and you're also factoring in on that 3.8 that kirk cousins had four carries for four yards so of course that brings the average down but dalvin cook actually had a pretty good game at 5.2 yards per carry anyway uh it's neither here nor there now but looking ahead to the short week against washington we're talking about some of these possible you know who what could they do the offensive line is Nikhil harry going to come back uh that might be more plausible after after a thursday game whenever you do have that extra 10 days or whatever between games if you are going to make a change or you are going to get somebody more involved or somebody is going to come off the uh the injury report or you know make their debut probably not on a short week are they going to make any kind of sweeping changes you're probably going to see very much the same that we saw today as you did on thursday because there's just not enough time to really change things around so uh maybe we see the same thing going into thursday but if they are going to make a change or activate somebody perhaps that is uh whenever they have the the longer week to get after that but um another thing on thursday i believe and this is just for all you uh, uniform heads out there. The Bears are wearing all orange. And if you are ha- lucky enough to be watching the YouTube version or the video version of this uh, show, these are the uniforms the Bears will be wearing on Thursday night. All orange. Orange helmets. Orange jerseys with the white pants. They look like they are ready for hunting season in Pennsylvania, if you ask me. Uh, they are. They have the 250 square uh, inches of fluorescent orange, and they are ready to blaze out of the gates against the Washington Commanders. The Commanders, uh, one and four, lost to Tennessee today. Carson Wentz threw for 359 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. Uh, didn't have much of a running game, so if the Bears are going to get right uh, in the run defense, they could have an opportunity against Washington. However, their uh, their young running back, uh, Brian Robinson, was activated today for the first time this year after suffering a gunshot wound in the in the offseason, which is miraculous that he's back on the field as it is. And thank God he's OK and uh, able to come back on the field as quickly as he did. So uh, we'll see how they are able to adjust to that. Uh, Danny, I, I think on Thursday night games and I wish I had. If I were if I were a better broadcaster, I would have done some research on this before I started spouting it off. But I feel like there's a there's a big advantage to being the home team on Thursday night football just because of the short turnaround, because at least one of those days for the away team has to be for travel and getting into the city, whereas the Bears will have another day to either rest or prepare or practice or whatever they need to do. You heard at my, Matt Eberflus kind of talk about what they do on their short week. Um if you're gonna have, if you're gonna play on a Thursday night game, I, I I love the fact that the Bears are home. Do you think that that will play a, a factor in this? 
Yeah, I, I think so too. I mean, I mean, again, good point there in terms of the short week. I think Eberflus just kind of went through the schedule here for this week for the for the team. Uh, yeah, you know, you're going to be able to you know sleep in your own bed and and, and be comfortable as opposed to like I said, you know, use a day just to travel to to whatever city you're going to be playing at. So, uh, but but the one thing with with this Bears team is we got to you know if they don't show up. There's, they, they have a chance of get, getting, you know, blown out again. So you, know, you, you put up some of the numbers from Carson Wentz there. Uh, you know, I know, I know Washington, uh, Washington is like one in four, but, I mean, they have some playmakers on offense, you know, in terms of, you know, Terry McLaren on, on, on the outside. You mentioned Wentz in his, in his numbers. Uh, and, and you mentioned, you know, Brian Robinson coming back. You also have Antonio Gibson as well. Uh, Logan Thomas, a, a big tight end, converted co- former quarterback from Virginia Tech, now a tight end who's making some plays for them. So, you know, they got some playmakers, so let, let's not take them, for, you know, for granted. The, what The one thing, though, is, is you know, Carson Wentz, kind of like Kirk Cousins today, he'll give you an opportunity to make a play on the football. So if you can get pressure on him, you tackle him, he could fumble it, and he can also certainly throw an interception. So defensively, uh, I'm, I'm sure Ron Rivera has, has seen has seen the tapes, and I'm sure Ron Rivera is going to come in and, and Scott Turner is going to kind of emphasize running the game Running, running the football and, and attacking that out those outside defensive ends. So hopefully they can correct those adjustments again. It's a short week, but that's something that they need to correct in order to stop giving up those big gashing run plays that then puts their defense in a, in a vulnerable position there downfield. So um, yeah, I mean we'll we'll see what happens, but definitely I, I like playing at home. I'm not sure I'm a big fan of the all orange helmets, uh, but I, I the only helmet the only throwback helmet or uniforms I like is the ones they play against the Texans. I, and I forget which one which year that's from the the throwbacks, mm-hmm. one with the the white and the, the blue helmet. So those are the really sharp ones. But we'll see how these studies come out. Uh, the all orange uni. So uh, obviously it's a marketing ploy. Are you going to run out to get your orange orange t shirt? No, uh, I I, uh, I was back in 2005 when they wore the bl- uh, the blaze orange jerseys. I actually have, and I haven't worn it probably in 15 years, but I have a blaze orange Rex Grossman jersey because it was on sale. Uh, now, once again, probably should have taken the sign there because that was the last year that he was in Chicago, and so I didn't really get to uh, really didn't get to wear. Although I believe I duct taped the back of it and turned it into a Jimmy Clausen jersey for a couple uh weeks uh a couple like, of didn't get any better years. didn't get any yeah, better that yeah the the level of play did not rise so uh I I love uh, orange is my favorite color for a number of reasons I, I love it will it'll be a different look uh we'll see they'll definitely pop on the TV so we'll see but uh let's start wrapping things up here Danny go ahead and uh give us some final thoughts and uh what we can look forward to yeah, final thoughts. Again, it's it's a loss. It's it sucks that you you know you you lost a division opponent. There's definitely a game that they could have won. Uh, that that's what the bad thing about it was. There there's still some some questionable decisions in terms of we touched on earlier in uh, coaching. I I, I would have kind of not not go for that onside kick. I know he defended it, and it and it, it didn't end up didn't cost him the game. But you know, I I just I just wanted to to kind of you know, go for it because you had momentum and, and all that stuff, but we touched on it earlier, but for me, again, I'm going to say consistent here. It's all about Justin Fields. Right. And, uh, and for me today, Fields played, put a better game. Um, I got to break down the all 22s. And uh, like, like last week I, I was breaking down the all 22 and there were just flat out throws. He just didn't make there were receivers open. Uh, he was staring them down, just didn't pull the trigger. Uh, today I'll, I'll take a look at it. I, I assume there's going to be a lot less of those. Uh, you may see one or two, but, uh, Overall, I think Fields got better. I think he got comfortable. Obviously, only only giving up two sacks today was was a was a big help, you know. So the offensive line kind of you know stepped up today in terms of pass blocking. The run blocking is a different different story. We'll talk about that probably later on, you know, uh, during the week or during the season. Uh, but yeah, for me, Fields played better. I think uh, I touched on earlier with Aldo. I said I I liked the way he was taking his check down. He wasn't just gonna sit there and hold the ball and and trying to force something downfield. I do like that. I do like him kind of stretching the field, throwing the ball downfield with, with Mooney now. That's two weeks in a row. We've seen him kind of throw the ball downfield, continue to do that, continue to, to, to stress the defense and let them know that you're going to be able to – you're going to challenge him downfield. It's not just going to be, you know, uh, you know, three yards in a cloud of dust kind of offense. So uh, I do want to see a little bit more creativity from Luke Getze. Again, how much is he being handicapped by the lack of talent at receiver or the lack of a uh, functional offensive line? Uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes. But, uh, yeah, definitely for me – some some positives in this game today. We touched on defensively. Kendall Wilder had a better solid game. I think I think Eddie Jackson quietly is having a damn good season, guys. Uh, I, I know the picks are up there. I think he's got four interceptions. I think he's coming down, making some decent you know impact in terms of his run defense as well. So I think that's another thing to look at um, in, in that defense secondary. Cal Gordon had a bad first half, uh, bounced back I think nicely in the second half. Was this close from that possibly doing a pick six on on Kirk Cousins and and probably putting the game away. So. Uh, you know, there's some positives to build on here. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. Again, 
For me, it's just Justin Fields, and I saw some positives today. I saw some good steps forward. Hopefully that continues and he builds on this on this game and, and gets better next week. All right, let's bring in uh, Captain Echo back into the uh, back into the show real quick. I believe he's got a question for Danny. Aldo, are you back in there? There we go. Yeah, hopefully it's not echoing. It's a quick question, and I'll go away. I promise. Danny Shimon, it's not that quick, actually. Danny Shimon and I are at the Senior Bowl, what, five years ago, six years ago, and we're at practice, and he's telling me, keep an eye on that Justin Jefferson. Keep an eye on that Justin Jefferson. We go on the field. We're doing interviews. There's Justin Jefferson, man. We'll keep an eye on him. Keep an eye on him. Over and I'm like, get away from me with Justin Jefferson already. But who's the next guy we should keep an eye on? Because this team needs to find a Justin Jefferson. I know you haven't delved into all the tape watching, but of what you know right now, who could potentially be the next Justin Jefferson that perhaps the Bears might have access to in the upcoming draft? And I'll see you all later. Well, it's, it's not just Justin Jefferson. Remember also Terry McLaurin was a guy coming out of Ohio State, was known as just oh, yeah. a special teams guy. And I kept telling you, keep an eye on Terry McLaurin, keep an eye on Terry McLaurin. So uh, let me so so the guy at the top of my head that, that I absolutely love in this system is Jordan Allison, the, the kid from uh, obviously you know him very well, John, from Pitt last year, was a yep. Blinnikoff award winner, transferred USC. to USC, picked up where he left off there, played with Caleb Williams and, and USC's offense. Uh, a, a guy that I like that is kind of hurt now is is, is kind of might be dropping his stock a little bit is Cedric Tillman from um, Tennessee. Another another guy, a big play receiver. You can see that coming out of the, out of the SEC. Uh, in terms of my other list, let me grab my list here real quick. I always have it handy here because I never know when Aldo's gonna you know come up and attack me in terms of you know some prospects. So I got my my list ready here of of receivers that I do like. Uh, give me one second while I go to my, my receiver section. Obviously, Jackson Smith and Jugba is, is a kid from Ohio State. He's been a little bit slowed back because of some nagging injuries. Um, you know, Jordan Allison, touchdown. Uh, you know, A.T. Perry from Wake Forest is a guy, a big body kid, about 6'3", 6'4", 200 pounds. Not a blazer in terms of a guy that's going to get downfield and stretch the offense, but he's a big body guy. Terrific body control, solid hands. A guy you can just throw the ball up there. You'll see him contour his body, make the adjustment to the to the play, and make make some big catches downfield. So At Perry's a guy to keep an eye on. Um, and you know, so there are a ton of guys. Like I said, they haven't really got into it, but for right now, it's Smith and Jegba, uh, Jordan Allison, and At Perry are, are guys that are really are exciting me so far this college football season. They may all be upgrades to what the Bears yeah. currently have. I yes. think that no matter which to what the Bears currently have. no matter which one you pick right now, it would be an upgrade. So uh, my my final thoughts are, like I said earlier in the show, and if you're just joining, is that. I just needed to see progress in some way. I've lowered the benchmark, on it, but I, I but I understand what the Bears are and where they were going this year and what we need to see. And I think we saw what we needed to see today with progression out of the quarterback, uh, the resiliency from this team. The, obviously, they can make pretty good defensive adjustments at halftime. Wish they could, you know, they wouldn't need such drastic adjustments at halftime. Wish they could play like that from the first quarter on. But regardless, uh, they are not getting embarrassed. They are not getting blown out. We are not seeing any of those. Uh, I saw someone. I, gosh, I, I should need. I need to learn how to attribute these things. But I saw a tweet saying this looks like a, a Tressman primetime game, which we all know got out of hand very quickly when Mark Tressman was the coach. This was not that. They they mm -hmm. came back and they made it respectable. They took the lead and they had an opportunity to win the ball game at the end. So. Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing this team in a few days. They're on Thursday. That you know you're coming off a loss. What better way to get off, uh, get over a loss than to get right back out there on Thursday night? And just so you know, normally Buffon 55 is on Wednesday night. We are moving that to Thursday pregame. We are doing a pregame Buffon 55 right up to kickoff. Uh, Aldo Gondia will be joining me. We'll try, we're going to try to get somebody who covers the commanders to give us a little bit of a preview going into the game. And But, but Buffon 55 will be right with you right up until kickoff. And then, of course, the halftime show and the postgame show. Danny, I believe you're going to you're available for that. So you're going to be joining with us, uh, joining us uh, on Thursday. Uh, hopefully after a Bears victory on Thursday Night Football, I believe. Now, that is uh, now. I'm not. I'm not in Illinois. Can you still watch that on local TV, or do you have to have Prime to watch that? If you're local, that's a good question. I, I assume the local affiliate will pick it up. I'm not sure. I haven't seen anything being announced here officially. Maybe Fox, maybe ABC, but uh, obviously that it's on. It's on Prime Video. Yep, and what uh, that's the uh, that's the future we're going into. It looks like Sunday Ticket will probably be on a streaming service next year as well. So now I got to add to the 15 other streaming services I have because it'll probably be on Apple passwords. TV. Yeah, no, yeah, we're all good. different passwords. 
yeah exactly so i'm probably gonna have to get apple tv which is like the one streaming service i don't have so i'm probably gonna have to go get that and on top of everything else that i have which i'm also paying for cable too so what am i doing that's for that's the same same thing i'm the same boat with you man i'm just like all these passwords all these bills all these streaming (laughs) services it's like you know for entertainment for this this is all for entertainment purposes this is where we are (laughs) as a society but that will do it for this edition of Bear Football. Hey, we appreciate everybody in the chat room. We appreciate everybody listening to the live version of this. We appreciate you watching the video version or listening to the podcast version. Really love all of your input. We love taking your questions, love seeing your comments, love the community that we've able to we've been able to build here at the Barroom Network. We have, we appreciate each and every one of you whether it's your first time or 500th time. Know that you are appreciated in that chat room. But for Aldo Gandia and Danny Shimon, I'm John Buffone. We'll see you next week everybody. Where you are?